Previously on the Beard Podcast, Wizard Eagles played at Penn State. We now advance to episode two of season six, The Raptor Center. We've traveled over the Chattahoochee from Alabama to Georgia. We just went by the Kia plant and we've got roughly four hours <laughs> on I-85 ahead of us heading back from Auburn, Alabama, where we've gone to kind of a shocking number of times. Yeah. I don't know if this was the second or third time you've been with me. I think I've been to Auburn four or five times. Nice. Well, and I will say we'll condense this to about a 30 to 40 minute podcast, so you will not be with us for the entire four hours. <laughs> well, bonus Maybe. tracks. Is that a subscription bonus based tracks. model? Yeah, that is definitely. Yeah, so like, subscribe, share. This is listener-supported Bearded Carcast, so we depend on likes and shares and contributions. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. We'll get to Winthrop in just a moment, but we were at the Raptor Center at Auburn today. And at the end of a a great tour of the Raptor Center, I asked the guy how much of their budget is dependent on donations. And he essentially said, yeah, donations are really important, but we're run by the state, and they more or less take care of anything. Well, I think that, what he was saying is if there's any kind of shortfall, they get they get taken care of. But It's yeah. kind of like the Bearded Car Cast. Donations <laughs> yeah, are like wonderful. Likes and shares yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. But really, the once-a-year SoundCloud subscription yeah. and the... the other kind of miscellaneous yeah. expenses. They're not extraordinary. We should, we should do like a silent auction. You know, like we could do like a, uh, like maybe you could sign one of your sheets. A chart? A chart. Maybe what do you think it? we could get for that? I don't know. 50 cents? Yeah, I was going to say. About 50? I don't, I don't think it's going to be a big number. I think Carlisle would chip in 10 bucks. Now, do you think the different charts, like a Tuesday night against High Point goes for less than a guarantee game? Does, the, does an Auburn chart, because maybe they have a player that's going to play in the NBA, is that a, a higher value chart? No, I, no, uh, do, you have the, do you still have the Notre Dame chart? I essentially have every chart I've ever done. I've got yeah, stacks and stacks and stacks of them. You know, I, I, I think not the, a hoarder, I bet the Notre, but I can't throw them away. I bet the Notre Dame chart would be something you could get some money for. How much money? Well, it, it would depend on the setting, right? I think if it was a like a Winthrop uh, Athletic Department auction, you maybe... You know, it, it depends. Maybe a couple hundred bucks. Depends on the right person. Depends on the right person. I feel, though, of all of the charts I have, and we've been doing this a long freaking time, that wait, one's wait, probably... Do you, have, do you have the receipt to the first Starbucks you went to? <laughs> that would fetch That would fetch a big a big dollar. I, I don't know if I've ever bought anything at a Starbucks. Did you not get I anything like when we coffee. were at Pike Place? No. What would I get? Yeah, you would, you'd be a cheap date there. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not a coffee water. You'd be a water. drinker. You, you might get the blended lemonade. Yeah, I mean... I, if you have an idea for what Dave would drink at Starbucks, it's Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Or how much Bearded would you Carcast pay for a chart? I'm not sure the Notre Dame one is for sale. Essentially, every other one we've ever done <laughs> may, might be. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, you know what? I bet, but I bet to the right person, I bet some of the the championship game charts. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, and, and like you do see cool names and cool things pass through. I mean, yeah. you know, you play USC Upstate, you don't expect it. Then Tory Craig is on a really nice NBA yeah. career going right. on, or or you, you do a chart. Against no, but if you did like a nice, if you did a nice frame, yeah, and you put like maybe you had like the the credential, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a picture of you and I. <laughs> yeah, that would really maybe, maybe, up the value. Maybe a, like a menu from a barbecue place that we went to. Right. I mean, you did it up. I bet you'd be like five, six hundred bucks. Wow. That's probably more than I would expect. Yeah. Well, that's if I sign it. If I don't sign it, it's probably like two fifty. Uh, Ten bucks. <laughs> Two dollars fifty. It's that. It's that Pacheco <laughs> signature. That's that, right. That well, really Matt's Matt's our running gag through the years with the Knights is whenever we when Matt comes up with a like if he's just in the middle of a game and thinks of something like trivia wise and says hey do you know like the last night to do this whoever wins gets a signed Mike Pacheco baseball <laughs> yeah you know when I was a junior or senior in college this is pre-NIL era a friend said you know one of these basketball players and it was like a walk on it it was not a player of any renown is trying to sell some of their gear oh and would you or any of your friends have any interest? And I thought, well, what would it cost to buy, a, you know, like a game-worn Syracuse basketball jersey? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, for 50 bucks or something, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested. And essentially, this guy just had no takers. So for like 50 bucks, I really don't actually remember how much it was. Right. I got both an orange and a white game-worn Chris Shaw. Uh, oh. Syracuse basketball jerseys. Now, now look, is the name on the back? Yeah, the name is on the back. Okay. Shao. I think it's S-C-H-A-U. He, again, he was like a walk-on. He never played. But he was on a team that, you know, was a pretty high-end. But you know something? You frame that and you put it over your desk in your office at home and somebody Ex walks in like, wow, who's that? Right. And, and, and it's fun to have yeah. and I like it. And... Uh, I remember getting these from this guy. I met him once or twice, three times, something the, over the years. And uh, he goes, hey, do you want me to sign those? And he goes, no, why would I want a Chris Shaw <laughs> autograph? Like, how would that <laughs> Why would I want you to ruin this? <laughs> right, I just, oh, just want the truth. I hope he's not listening to this. I, I, I think it's real likely he's probably listening. So, sorry, Chris. Um, Winthrop is two and two. We'll come back to the Raptor Center later. We'll come back to the Raptor Center. Do you want to talk about it now? No, keep going. Winthrop's 2-2. Two two. They've lost to uh, Penn State and Auburn. They weren't particularly close. They uh, beat a non-Division one opponent. Piedmont, that wasn't particularly close. A and Saturday, they beat Middle Tennessee State. A and if you saw the game last year, the loss at Middle Tennessee State, you'd think that this is a, a pretty good win. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that they were going to be 2-2, two and two, I'd be pretty pleased. You would take it and you're wrong with it right now. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's also some of the things we talked about on the, the post-game broadcast. So if you didn't listen to the post-game show, where were you? But, uh, you know, this is a team that's still gelling. They're still pulling things together. Uh, you know, they're incorporating three new transfers, one of which has, has played uh, in limited games. One played, missed one game. Um, you know, and I think they're all going to be called upon to be contributors this year, along with the returning cast. And I think if, if you know, if you remember one name from the podcast today, it's Kelton Telford. You know, he was a big man uh, the last two years for Winter, but kind of played behind DJ Burns and, and was still very productive. In fact, last year put up really terrific numbers in about a 20 to 22 minutes per game role. 
And this year, now he's he's going to be asked to be playing, you know, 30 to 35 minutes a game. And he's really upped his game and equal to the task. I mean, the two games against Power Fives, yeah. he's been sensational. Yeah. He's not going to face defenses like that no. in the Big South. Right, I, right. I mean, I thought coming into the year he was the team's best player, and, and now I'm very clear he's the best player. Um, Corey Hightower wasn't good tonight, but he's been good most of the year, and, and we've seen enough of him to know that's kind of who he is. He's going to play six really good games and one not-so-good game, and you just hope that's not... The, the day that you know you so desperately need him, but, right, but more I mean, often, and he's going to win you games. No question, no question. Like he did on Saturday, Saturday against Middle Tennessee State and, when and he was Sin, Sin was a little bit the same way. Since Sin McMahon, they both had twenty points. They combined had eighteen free throws. They made all of them. I feel like there's so few knowns on this team. Even yeah. seeing four games, we should have gone to the National Infantry Museum. We're passing yeah. Fort Benning. Um, question not passing Fort Benning. We're passing the exit to go to Fort Benning because Columbus is probably. Of itself here. I know that Kelton Telford I'll just is keep good. You I am confident that he, pretty much game in and game out, and particularly against light competition, yeah. is going to be a really hard guard. Everybody else, I mean, I, we know what Corey Hightower is. He he is reliable. He is a, a really good second or third best but, player but, on your team. But I think what what, Cor, what Kelton Telford does is he establishes kind of the baseline fastball. And now everybody else, you can play off of that. So it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put a little extra effort into Calvin Talford. Okay, well here's Corey Hightower, or, or here's Chase Claxton. We're gonna kick it out to Sincere McMahon or Tori, uh, Tenori Lane. Who... Right. So I get you're right. Chase is another good example. We know exactly what he is. He's yeah. gonna play great defense. He's yeah. gonna take a lot of charges. He's not gonna score a whole lot of points. He's gonna rebound. He's a great system right. guy. All of those sort of things. Other than Kelton Talford, Corey Hightower, and Chase Claxton. Are there any knowns? Is there anyone that you are sure is or is not going to be a really big contributor for the next 25 games? I think we're seeing trends. I mean, I think, and, and some of it's a futures bet, right? I mean, from, from, from what we've seen, I think, uh, I do. I, I think the question with Tanari Lane is can he keep the offensive production going? I mean, he had another double figure, but I think the bigger question is how good is he at everything else? Because boy, offensively, he is he's been smooth. terrific, right? Defensively, you know, where where does he where does he stack up there? I think you know, we st- I think Case and Harrison is still a, a work in progress. I don't think we know, and I think a little bit the same with Howie Fleming. I think Howie Fleming and Case and Harrison in the Big South. I think I think they're going to be huge difference makers, and I think uh, I like so far what I've seen from Isaiah Wilson. So I think the three new guys. Definitely are, are, are going to be guys that can contribute. I think Sincere McMahon, I think, is going to be... I think he's going to level... When I say I don't mean level off from a talent perspective, but I think I think he's going to get to the point where he's going to be maybe a little bit more consistent is probably the better word. I think, um, you know, you said it. I mean, he and, and, and Corey both kind of had down games today, but that's, that's not going to be over, you know, the next 25 games. That's going to be, you know, more the exception than the norm. I think Sin's going to be better playing two than one, yeah. which means Kaysen and Isaiah have to play the point. I suspect, I do not know, because we've only seen Kaysen Harrison play in a couple of games, yeah. and he, he's coming off injury where he hasn't been practicing, but I suspect 
his first step, his burst, his speed yeah. are going to be really difficult to contend now, with in the Big South. There are a lot of blocks in the game today, but exactly. both those guys were getting into the paint. This how we flowing. Right, and that that's a really good sign because getting into the lane against Auburn. Sure, they've got shot blockers. Maybe they're going to erase those shots. When you get into the lane against Big South teams, you're, you're going to end up with layoffs and drop-offs yeah. and, and well, good things This is no happen. disrespect to past Winthrop teams, but how many times have you and I done games very similar to this game where, you know, the, the, the scouting report was, all right, paint touches, get in the paint, kick it out, try to get layoffs, uh, and after about two or three blocks, the team just goes four out, one in, and just starts – yeah, it's a and, good, and this is this is over the last ten or fifteen years. This isn't you know. Yeah, it's a good point. They they really stuck, they stuck to, to that it. drive hard, draw contact, and like yeah, that then you end up with ten or twelve whatever block shots Auburn had. But the ability to knife your way into the lane yeah. is a positive sign. Well, and you know again, this isn't you're not here for style points. You're not here for the moral victories and all that jazz. But you know there, there were several people. Uh, you know, from halftime on, that you know, I either bumped into or came up to me and were like, "Hey, you guys are gonna be fine. Like, you guys are a really good team. Like what we're seeing." It, it was just a case of they were a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, and just about every position. And it wasn't just one for one. It was, you know, at every spot, you know, they were about two deep, almost three deep, and and it was you know, a lot of size and you know. A lot of athleticism. I mean, it was. I I, I thought because I saw I did see some quickly. I saw somebody say something on one of the Winter um, social media pages and, and was complaining about the effort. I, effort was not a problem tonight. Wow. I thought the effort was strong. Yeah, I thought I it was think terrific. Auburn's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you're gonna face like sometimes you're gonna face a good team and they're just gonna be better than you. Flat out better than yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, tonight. there's a reason that if these teams played in the NCAA tournament, one would be a, I don't know, call it a four seed, and the other would be yeah. a 13 but seed. But don't you think that, I mean, if you if you made today's game an NCAA tournament game, and, and Bruce Pearl said this to us, and he said it on the postgame show that went out to the stadium as well. He's like, listen, War Eagle. War Eagle. We, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'll say we if, as, as I'm a Bruce Pearl, but Bruce Pearl, look, listen. We, we felt like the, the, the way, the path for Winthrop to beat us was to hit threes. And that was a game where Winthrop was probably going to have to hit about 15 or 16 threes to win the game. Yeah. I mean, that that's the old Billy Donovanism, that the, the best way to pull an upset, the easiest yeah. way, is make just to make the three a difference thing. Now, now, I feel like the transfer portal era just puts you in a position of unknown for longer. Like, we used to kind of generally going into the year know when they've got a lot of guys back, yeah, yeah. they don't have a lot of guys back, what the league looks like. I, I think that's why Asheville makes so much sense as a team that people like going into the year. They return most of their yeah, core. they have a core back that's what, almost like 9 or 10, 11 guys. I mean, they, 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 I mean, you know, they lost like one or two yeah. significant contributors. And they have, you know, arguably the, the best player in the league. Right. Whereas you look at most of the rest of the league, I mean... Longwood lost their best player. Winthrop lost the Big South Conference Player of the Year. Gardner Webb lost their two leading scorers, and and, and on and on. So you you like, in in this climate, we've watched four games. Yeah. We've gotten what I had hoped would be the expected result: two wins 
one against kind of the toss-up game in middle, you beat them now on one, and, and you lose to the two power conference teams that are paying you a whole bunch of money to play. Usually at this point, though, I think we'd have some sort of feel like they're two and two, but you know, I've got kind of that gutting feeling, or they're two and two, but boy, I feel pretty good. I, I just, I don't know this year, and I don't know going forward if we're going to know until 10 games or 12 right. games in, because there's so many new pieces, not only on Winthrop, but on all the teams they're going to play. They're going to play a Southern Miss team in Cancun that has essentially an entirely new roster and three new assistant coaches. The, the first game of the year, they played Vanderbilt. I, I didn't watch the game. This is what I was told. They came out in a matchup zone that no one had seen Same, or yeah. knew was coming. So does that mean Southern Miss is good, Vanderbilt wasn't prepared, or it's a one-off that you really can't take that much out of? Yeah. I think it might be all of the above. And, right. Yeah. It, it, exactly. So, like, I'm super interested. Mercer Saturday, Southern Miss in Cancun, and then either Eastern Michigan or IPFW, like, we'll have a feel for this team Probably. Maybe we'll do a podcast at the end yeah. of the Cancun trip. That'll be right around Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll have a, a better feel for kind of who they are at that juncture, kind of end of November. Glad you're joining us. We are currently on I-85 North. We're probably about, I don't know, 45 minutes from Atlanta after uh, Winthrop falling on the road at Auburn. War Eagle. War Eagle. And and do you know where that term War Eagle comes from? So, um, do you want me to play stupid or do you want me to like... No, I want oh. you to answer. So, uh, yes. Uh, well, there's uh, s several different legends. That's right. Right. Uh, one had to do with, uh, and it's, uh, I, I, I don't remember the other two, but the, the two that I think we're going to talk about were, had some connection to the This Civil is the War. only thing that we didn't get to in the broadcast. Yeah, we didn't get to this, yeah. So, uh, let me see if I can remember the, the first, the second one first, because the, fir the first one that we heard today was the better story. That's by far the best. Yeah, story. so the second, I think it had something to do with, like, were there, like, Union troops coming through, and somebody had, like, an eagle pin on one of the one of the soldiers and someone said something about what, being a war eagle or something like that something, something, this, something to that extent, right? now the, the story I think that's actually the better story it actually relates to war eagle and the the, the bird uh, the eagle that flies into the stadium and how the tradition became that the eagle flew into the stadium that's right should I continue please alright um, I'm trying to remember the the Andrew's story. Okay, there there was a person. It might have been oh, that's right. a yeah. Native American that was into falconry right. and brought an eagle to. Well, well, he had, um, but either the guy or the eagle had been in the war. Right. It was the Auburn Georgia football yeah. game in eighteen ninety two. Yeah, and like he rescued a bird. Right. Right, and then, um, and then, so he brought. He would bring it to these football games, and the falcon or the, uh, the bird gets loose. The eagle gets loose, and 
Auburn is playing Georgia, and Auburn at the time of the release was trailing, was trailing and driving, and then all of a sudden people started going bananas because the eagle got loose and the football teams drove down the field and won the game. Right. And then the eagle collapsed in midfield after That's circling right. the. St- <laughs> but at the end, then somebody said, "Hey, isn't that the war eagle?" Right. And yeah. they started chanting war, war eagle, eagle. Something along something those along lines. Those lines. There, there's also a legend about a uh, Native American being named eagle or war eagle. Like so, there are all of these kind of we're not really not really sure. sure. Historians but, haven't agreed on one particular story. That's right. But what it leads that's to right. is this tradition of the eagle flying about 15, 20 minutes before each Auburn football game. And essentially, there's one or two people tasked with taking care of, training, yeah. and working well, with... Well, and then there's probably about 10 or 15 volunteers that are mostly students right. that work with them. And, and it's part of the veterinary right. program, but there are a couple of full-time employees and they work with like these 20 birds but primarily these four eagles and then we learned about the distinction between bald eagles and and golden golden eagles eagles. so uh, and one of the just to kind of put the bow completely for the raptor center basically they have uh 20 raptors of all different types there's hawks uh there's falcons Um, obviously the, the, the two different types of yeah, the owls, the two different types of eagles, and the Raptor Center is a, is a, a safe place for injured birds that their injury precludes them from being alone in the wild. Now, they're perfectly fine, and they're, they're living a good life, uh, particularly the eagles, but um, the reason why the, the veterinary uh, program believes that you know they're safer there is because held to their own devices what their ailment is or what their injury is might prevent them from getting food. So they would kind of like, you know, starve and, and die pretty quickly if they're held out of the wild. And what about the way they monitor their weight and feed them? Well, this was really interesting too, right? So they're fed every day so that they're at the um, at, at a good, healthy weight. Now, the, the flyers, the, the, the eagles that are, are the trained flyers, they are put on a, a specific weight count and they are um, they're given enough food not to be too hungry but they can't be um, they can't be too hungry but they also can't be too satisfied because if they're too full they won't listen to commands which I, I thought was fascinating totally fascinating so and I think what it was like every was day it, was before it like, they're fed and it was like wasn't it like 3,500 3, grams of food or something like that I think they want them to weigh. Oh, they want them to weigh thirty-five grams, grams, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of eight pounds. Yeah. Um, The other thing I thought was really neat was, and again, like the 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 birds that the the eagles that fly in Jordan Hare Stadium before uh, Auburn home games, um, they they go through a pretty extensive training. Five days a week, starting in June. Starting in June, and I thought this was really interesting too. So basically, what happens is, um, for the for the first like so, for instance, let's say they're, they're on to you know a new eagle, um, war, war eagle. What they'll do is um, they'll tether the, the the eagle, and they'll allow they'll go to different parts of the stadium, and they'll let the bird go. I don't know, maybe like three or five feet, and then 
you know, once they're comfortable and confident, they stretch it out and to the point where they'll actually release the Eagles on one side of the stadium and have it, I think he said, under the Jumbotron and go all the way to the other side of the stadium. And then they'll do that for, you know, until they're, again, they're comfortable. And then when they feel that the Eagles are, are ready, then they'll release them without the tether and have them do it. Um, and so by the time they're actually, you know, by the time September rolls around, uh, you know, they've had, I don't know, hundreds of practices. And what about the fact that we asked the guy and we asked yeah. whether he gets nervous oh, yeah. and whether the birds get yeah. nervous. Well, he said definitely, you know, because it's it's you know it's a performance, right? And live performances, you don't know what can happen. And, and the bird can fly away. Well, the, and that well, the big concern is what happens if you know the bird just says you know peace I'm out. Uh, they do have tra- GPS, uh, different types of uh, tracking. Uh, the, I think one of the trackers or, or part of the tracking system is. Uh, connected to an app so they can check it on a phone so they, they can always you know the bird they can, they can find the, the eagle which is pretty neat but he said um, didn't like the, the bird welled up or got kind of like yeah just went like in a good way like he was like excited excited to, and, yeah. and, and wanted to perform so wanted which to perform. I was kind of crazy yeah I think that was great so that was a lot of fun that was the uh, Southeastern Raptor Center at Auburn University and then we got it lunch recommendation from the Raptors. Right, so then Andrew sent us over to uh, the Bow and Arrow, uh, which is, um, it's... uh, It's barbecue. It's barbecue. No, but no, I was going to say is there's a chef in town, has a couple of places, and... uh, He's been on the Food Network a couple times. We were actually, uh, several recommendations to go to one of the restaurants, but it didn't open until 5 game was at six so that wasn't going to work for us so but they say hey we'll try the bow and arrow and i will tell you you know in charlotte there's a couple of places it reminded me like um if uh if frank scabelli like the guy that does uh yeah if they did a barbecue place it would be a lot like this yeah because uh, if you for charlotte people if you think of like cantina 1510 um i wouldn't call it gourmet but it or upscale but it, it, there, there is a different well, it's not feel. a hut on the side of the road right I mean, it's it's right. pretty well thought through, yeah. but it's but but the, but it's fresh ingredients. It's very tasty food. Um, I thought the um, they have like a jalapeno sausage. This is the bow and arrow we're talking about. We got the brisket. So basically, we did as one opposed order to the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't eat the birds or the eagles or the Raptors. Oh, we didn't talk about the difference between a raptor. Did we talk about? The, yeah, I think you talked. About do you know the difference between raptor? I do. So the raptor will eat using his talons. Like his feet to grab the food. That's right. And then the, the songbirds will dive bomb and use their nose. That's right. So, in uh, order to be a raptor, you're a meat eater who uses the talons yeah, uses to the get talons. your prey. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so we used our talons to eat <laughs> ribs. So we got the ribs in two sides, and then we got the. Uh, I thought we were fortunate. We didn't have to chase down the pig. It was no, just served on a plate. It was plate served in front on a plate. Yeah, we didn't have to. We didn't have to dive bomb it. Um, and then we got the. Um, the three meat sampler, uh, which we ended up getting brisket, the pulled pork, and then we got the jalapeno sausage. And then it, it came with four dipping sauces, and we got the, I thought this was the, the, uh, the sweet sweet corn rice, um, which wasn't anything that I was expecting, but it was really good. Or, or it wasn't what I expected. It was really good. Uh, we got, like, brisket ends in, a, in beans. We got the mac and cheese, which is a staple. And I'm a, always a sucker for a hash brown casserole. 
And I tell you what, if I went back there, I would probably do the same exact, unless we went with a huge group and we got like the $125, like serves eight to 10 people. There was yeah. like the Longhorn or something like Center, that. Or, yeah. I forgot. You know, I could probably tell you because I took a picture of it. Well, it's but. an important detail, so I think we should wait for it. <laughs> but it was good. It was a, no, it, it was was a really, good it was thought. Delicious. It was a good trip to Auburn. The game is certainly not what anyone would want, but no. y- you play these games you play to win because the game. you're getting paid. The Lone Star Platter. Lone Star. Do you want to hear what the Lone Star Platter is? 100%. Half pound, all meats, except the ribs. Large side of all sides. Large size of all sides. White bread and flour tortillas, Mima's eclair and banana pudding, all for 120 bucks. There you go. Feeds eight to ten people. Now, when it says eight to ten, how does it know how much a person eats? Um, yeah, and what size? I mean, are you talking about like eight to ten, like hundred pound people? Is it DJ Burns or, or, is, or it, is it? Because well, the, Marty McGill. Well, the thought we had was how many of those would feed a basketball team? Right. And, and then would you include coaches or not? So we came up with four if it was the whole group, three if it was just the players. I think that's right. We probably should have tried the Mima's Eclair. That, that actually sounded pretty good, too. But you're the Nana Pudding guy. Well, you, I mean, to me, you know, as a, as a, as a, you know, a new person to the South, meaning I've been here 20 years. <laughs> uh, and from what I've gained from being around locals and Mike, being with people. Mike, this is the South. The South, this is Mike. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, you go to a, a joint like that, you got to try their banana pudding. And what did you think? I thought it was fantastic. Do you have a favorite banana pudding you've ever had? Um, or a gosh, good place you yes, go to you and know get what? it regularly? Oh, my God. I, uh, I'd have to go through the archives. We did go somewhere. Where was it? We went to somewhere that I thought this one was definitely, I would put it top ten, maybe top five. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Should we talk about the NFL? Eh. No. Not really that into it. The Eagles lost, so the uh, champagne yeah. was uncorked in Miami. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. We'll do it for both the AFC and the NFC. Okay. I think it's easy on yeah. the AFC side. Buffalo and Kansas City are not looking the way maybe they looked a month ago, unbeatable. But I still think they're, they're both very good. I think if I said to you, Buffalo and Kansas City or the field in the AFC, I, I, I won't speak for you. I would happily take Buffalo and Kansas City, one of those teams, to represent the league in the Well, Super who do you have confidence? If you were to take the opposing side to that, who would you have confidence in? I think Miami is good. I think Baltimore, Baltimore yeah. is good. I think but Cincinnati is capable. I think yeah. the Chargers are capable. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the AFC is pretty good. I think there are quite a few... Solid. If I, I like Tennessee a great deal, yeah, I really, I really do. Come on a little bit. Um, but but if you gave me those two, I'd take those two. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to be a green guy, but uh, yeah, I would agree with that. What about the NFC? If I gave you the two teams, Minnesota and Philadelphia, or I gave you the field, which would you take? I think I would. I I would go chalk on that again. I think I would go. I mean, Minnesota, to me, has been an incredible story. Uh, I agree, but I don't see it. Like, I don't... Like, it, it feels like they're winning... Every game is a 50-50 that they find a way to win, which is a tremendous talent. But I, I don't believe that's But, but look at the rest of the, the the conference, though, right? I mean, Green Bay's not... Even though Green Fair Bay point. beat Dallas, right? They're, they're, I mean, that, that was... All, I wouldn't call it a trap game, but that was almost like... You could see that game coming a mile away. Um... That Green Bay was going to win that game, but I, I'm still not sold on Green Bay. 
you look at. Uh, I mean, if the playoffs, I mean, Seattle. I mean, Seattle is getting better. Then they get better week to week. You know, I think they they benefit a little bit from, even though they were on national TV this week. I mean, from an East Coast perspective, they're not really up on top of people's minds. But is that a team that you would trust over Minnesota? I mean, Minnesota went in and beat a really good Buffalo. Now, granted, Buffalo kind of they, they oh, got a little Vikings, cocky and they kind of pooped down their leg. The, the Vikings played a really good game. And I mean, they, they kind of morassed down their legs. They were able to take advantage of an opportunity. I mean, but but, but good it, teams do that. A- absolutely. Just Philadelphia is good, maybe really good. Minnesota is good, maybe really good. I don't like that they lost. I mean, it's a division opponent. That's different. But, man, the, losing to the Commanders was... Uh, I think the Commanders are okay. They're okay. I think they're good defensively. They're okay. And they're opportunistic right. offensively. But if you gave me the group... You gave me Dallas. You gave me San Francisco. You gave me the decaying carcass of the Rams. You gave me the decaying carcass of Tampa Bay. You give me Atlanta. You give me Chicago. You give me Seattle. You give me Green Bay. All yeah. the you're taking that. I'm gonna take parts? the field. Okay. I'm gonna take right. the field. I'm gonna take Buffalo and Kansas City versus the field. Would you bet a thousand dollars or a steak dinner on it? I would. Okay. I would. I. I, I, bet, I don't feel that strongly. I, I'd bet a thousand dollars on the field over that. Would you, should we tell that story? Do you think we should not no, tell that we'll, story? Let, well, let's let's save that story for, uh, to see what happens. Let's okay. wait for the result and then we'll come back. We'll we'll circle back. We had a uh, a very nice discussion with someone that we we like a great deal after the one of the home games. I forget if it, I was, think it was the Piedmont. Piedmont. I think it was the Piedmont, Piedmont game about uh, conference realignment. Yeah. And he and had a very strong... Very strong feeling about a current Big South yeah. team Based off of circumstances leagues. that he was told about. And, yeah. and I, I simply refuse to believe it yeah. and, in fact, think it's laughable. Yeah. And, and we talked about making a rather significant wager. Well, it was funny because it went from... Uh, I wish we had recorded this for the podcast because it started off as, a, Oh, hey, did you hear... And you was like, that's not gonna happen. That's just not gonna happen. Doesn't sound like and then, me. And then, and then, and then, like, our friend starts, well, blah, 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 and you're like, that's just, that's just not gonna happen. I'll, I'll bet a thousand dollars. He's oh, the he, one he's that the one said that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. Like, I wouldn't do that. No, I know you wouldn't do that. But well, when, once he did. said it, no, he said, I'll bet you on it. And I yeah. said, what do you want to bet? Yeah. And he said, a thousand dollars. And I said, okay, thousand dollars. And then coming from him, he's got to be pretty confident because he's not right. Exactly. And then, like fifteen minutes later, I said, "Hey, are we betting a thousand dollars on this? Because if I win, I'm gonna come chasing down that money. Or maybe <laughs> should we should we make it a steak dinner?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're probably the responsible dinner. thing to do is a steak dinner." Now, the thing that you and I have really enjoyed talking about since then is I don't like people and I don't like spending time <laughs> with people. So as I've told you, you, you're like, you said, well, am I cut in on the steak dinner? I and I said, yeah, I think you're cut in, but we're taking it to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. That's it. Outstanding. We'll talk to you from Mexico. That's it. Uh, we'll talk to you from Mexico. Uh, BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com is how you can email us at BeardedCarCast on Twitter. And make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and share. It is 12 GMT.